You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. When Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 26. Today's reading is from Genesis, chapter 22, verses 1 through 18. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, Here I am. Then he said, Take now your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, and Isaac his son. And he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. Then on the third day Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The lad and I will go yonder and worship, and we will come back to you. So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son, and he took the fire in his hand and a knife, and the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here I am, my son. Then he said, Look, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, Here I am. And he said, Do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up for a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called the name of the place, The Lord Will Provide, as it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing will I bless you, and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies." In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. So today's passage from Genesis, I think, is a perfect example of something that we spent some time on uh, back in episode 22, where we discussed Hebrews chapter 11 and 12. And in that episode, Father, one of the key things you focused on was the faith of several of the characters from the Old Testament. And by now, hopefully our listeners have picked up on the distinction that you've made in the past between faith and trust. And here in the story of Abraham offering Isaac as a sacrifice, I think we have really a tremendous example here of trust. Would you expand on this for us, Father? Yeah, I'd be happy to do that, Jason. But following on the lead of this story you just read and the fact that you seem to have picked up on the distinction I've made between the English words faith and trust— Please give a brief summary of that for anyone who may be a new listener or who hasn't picked up on the distinction yet. Like God, with Abraham, I'm putting you to the test. (laughs) 
Well, is this going to be multiple choice? I, I think I'd be more comfortable <laughs> with that. Uh, but the, the way I would explain it is that with faith, uh, we often associate that word with what we believe or think intellectually. But with trust, we associate that with an actual behavior, the way that we live or put our faith into action. It's a great summary, Jason. Thank you. Getting a good grade so far in this course. Uh, But before we get into this specific passage that you read today, this testing of Abraham, uh, I think as we do so often on this podcast, it's good to step back and look at the bigger picture. And most especially this broader narrative of the story of Abraham and Isaac. Can you elaborate on that for us, Father? Well, you know what? I, I kind of like this theme of testing today. It's getting me in the mood to keep <laughs> testing you. So I, I'm going to put you to a second test, and you better be prepared because you know that the Bible likes to do things three times, so this second test might not be the last one today. But on a serious note, uh, on one of our previous episodes, we did get into this earlier, this broader story of Abraham and Isaac. So Jason, why don't you remind us about this story and specifically what happened in terms of Isaac's genesis of his beginning? You know, Father, if you keep this up, I'm I'm going to have to renegotiate my uh, my compensation for these podcasts. Well, at, at least we're starting from a low base. That won't be hard for me to top that. <laughs> okay, so I guess I'd begin by noting that the story of Isaac really begins with the fact that Abraham and Sarah were barren. Yes, it's a great place to start. So Abraham had been promised that he would be the father of many nations. But nothing was happening with him and Sarah in order to have a child. They were becoming uh, advanced in age, uh, and so Abraham and Sarah came up with a plan for Abraham to have a child with Sarah's maidservant, uh, Hagar, and then Abraham and Hagar had Ishmael. Great, doing well so far. Uh, What was the issue with that? Well, the issue was that God essentially chided Abraham for taking matters into his own hands that Abraham's plan with Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael was not God's plan, and that God's plan was for Abraham and Sarah to have a child, even though they were well advanced in years and they were past the normal time of childbearing. Very good, very good. And what was Abraham's response to this? (laughs) Well, he laughed, and that's how Isaac received his name, uh, because the name Isaac means he laughed. Exactly, exactly. Thank you for that recap, Jason. And To just briefly summarize it then, I would say that Isaac is the child of promise. And this theme is used throughout both the Old and New Testaments. It's actually a key point for Paul and his arguments in both Galatians and Romans about the centrality of faith or trust in God versus faith or trust in our own righteousness. In any case, I bring up this background and this broader narrative so we can better understand this story today, the story that you read earlier. What God is doing is he's testing Abraham here to see if he learned to trust him. In that earlier part of the Abraham-Isaac story, the part that you mentioned, Jason, Abraham never really did anything that displayed trust. He laughed at God, which again is, as you pointed out, is the meaning of Isaac's name. But in this story, now that God had shown Abraham he was serious, now that Abraham had actually received Isaac, who was to be his heir, who was to be the one through whom Abraham became the father of many nations, Abraham is asked to display his trust. And clearly, Abraham passes the test. And because of that, on the basis of trust, on the basis of simply obeying God's voice, as the passage says, 
Abraham is told that in his seed all the nations will be blessed. And I'm sure we'll get to that in more detail in a couple of minutes, but before leaving off here, I want to highlight a similarity uh, to a later part of Scripture. And what do you have in mind here, Father? Well, there's a striking similarity between this testing of Abraham and his uh, restoration of sorts. And I say his restoration because obviously he failed the test the first time by laughing, as we've pointed out. But there is a similarity between this story and the story of Simon Peter. How so? Remember the end of the Gospels, uh, the 21st chapter of John, the last chapter of the Gospels? Peter, the chief of the apostles, had been failing test after test during the life of Christ. But in the end, Peter was restored, and he was restored on the basis of faith. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, Can you elaborate on that a little further? So Peter is out in the boat with some other disciples, again in the 21st chapter of John, but they're not catching anything. Christ appears to them, and he tells them to cast the net on the other side of the boat, and they'll find fish. And Peter is obedient to that, showing that he now is putting his trust in the word of the Lord. He is obeying his voice, to use the language of Genesis 22 that we just heard you read and this story of Abraham and Isaac. And after Peter does that, Jesus restores him. Just as Peter denied Christ three times, Christ restores Peter by three times affirming that Peter loves him after Peter had shown that he was going to put his trust in him. That's an interesting parallel. Uh, Thanks for pointing that out, Father, and and for the broader discussion of the Abraham-Isaac story to give us a better perspective. My final main question for the day on this passage, is there a prefiguring here in this story with Abraham receiving Isaac back alive and the resurrection of Christ? Well, there's definitely a parallel between the two stories, the story of Abraham and Isaac and the story of God's only begotten son, Jesus Christ, and his crucifixion and resurrection, yes. I think most of these parallels are pretty clear, so with the time that we have left, I want to focus on two things that might be missed in these parallels. Sounds good, Father. What's the first? I referred to this earlier and mentioned we'd get back to it in a few minutes. Uh, The last sentence of today's passage, God tells Abraham... In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. And for us Christians, these words are fulfilled in the life, the ministry, the teaching, and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And really, it's it's beautiful how in our Orthodox Church, in not only the hymnography, but also in the selection of the biblical readings, beginning at the Holy Saturday service with the Old Testament passage that are selected to be read there, and then running through Pentecost, we see this emphasis of all nations being blessed. I'm sure we'll cover it in the weeks ahead as we deal with some of those passages, but here I would simply point out that the emphasis is on the fact that through Jesus Christ, God is fulfilling this blessings of the nations through Abraham's seed, and on the sole basis of obeying his voice, of putting our trust in him, and not in our own righteousness, and not based on our lineage or our DNA, or into what tribe we were born. So to summarize this point, we can clearly see the parallel of Abraham trusting in God and receiving the promise that in his seed all nations would be blessed, and then Jesus Christ being the perfect servant, being the Messiah, putting his trust in God completely, fully, and doing the work to reconcile all nations to God, and for that purpose being raised from the dead as the firstfruits and to be the judge. 
Thanks for pointing that out, Father. I, I think that would be uh, very easily missed. And what's the second point that you wanted to make here? Yes, the second point is a little harder, I think, for us to understand because our culture is so different than the culture of Abraham, Isaac, and at the time of Christ. But I think it's something uh, we should try to keep in mind. Specifically, I'm referring to the fact that people at this time, the time of the Bible, saw themselves as continuing on, so to speak, as living on through their children. That's why it was so bad to be barren. We hear this many times in the Bible that someone was barren. And that was bad because it was essentially saying you were dying and your memory would forever be forgotten because you had no progeny. It's why you hear these things that to us sound so strange, like the law of leveret marriage, where if you as a man die childless, your brothers have a child for you with your wife, your widow. Very, very strange to us today, but we have to understand the biblical context to fully understand these stories. So what I'm getting at here, and again, it's hard for us to fully understand and, and appreciate, but God is not just asking Abraham to kill his son. He's asking him to kill himself, to blot himself out for eternity as though he never existed. So Abraham here is not just sacrificing Isaac. He's sacrificing himself also. He's making it as though he never existed. Because by this time, Abraham is very old, and Isaac is his only so-called legitimate child, and there's not going to be any time for Abraham to have another child, at least naturally speaking. And this again parallels the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, so when Jesus is crucified and dies, it's as though God dies. It's as though his memory is forever blotted out. Uh, this is part of why it's such a big deal in the Bible for Jesus to die. And some of the hymns in our church and some of the church fathers pick up on this when they say about the crucifixion, God died. You know, obviously this is a big deal. But as you see in the story, this is not the end. Abraham, uh, in the story that you read today, is saved. God provides a way out for him. God reveals he was simply testing Abraham to fully put his trust in God. And of course, God is shown to be all-powerful as he raises Christ from the dead. He shows that he has complete power over life and death. No one in this world can conquer him or overcome his judgment, and he raises up Jesus to prove this. So Jason, as I forewarned you, in the Bible things tend to happen in three. So I again test you now for the third and final time, at least on today's episode. But this third and final test should be the easiest, the one that you're used to. I'll ask you to summarize for us today's lesson. I'll do my best. Thanks for the lesson today, Father, but maybe uh, fewer pop quizzes for the next time. <laughs> Sounds good. In today's episode, we began with a reminder to our listeners about the important distinction between faith and trust. Faith is what we believe on an intellectual level, while trust is putting our faith into action and how we choose to live our lives. We then move to the genesis of Isaac. Having received the promise of God to be the father of many nations, Abraham grew impatient and took it upon himself to have a child. Further illustrating his unbelief, Abraham laughed when God told him that he and Sarah would have a child, hence the name Isaac. Many years after the child of promise is born, God tests Abraham to see if he has learned to trust him. This time, Abraham passes the test and is told by God that, in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. This promise is fulfilled in the life, ministry, teaching, and the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. 
Father Aaron also provided an example of the striking similarities between Abraham's restoration and that of St. Peter. After failing to trust God time after time during the life of Christ, Peter puts his trust in the word of the Lord, and Christ restores him by his threefold affirmation of his love for Jesus. Finally, we were given important context for how serious the implications were at the time of Abraham to die childless. To have a child enabled the parent to live on through their progeny. To be barren meant that your memory would be blotted out for all eternity. Thus, in sacrificing Isaac, Abraham was not just sacrificing his son, he was also killing himself, erasing himself from existence. This parallels our Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Father. When Jesus dies, it is though God dies, but this is not the end. As Abraham was saved by his trust in God, so too our Lord is raised from the dead, showing us that death itself has been conquered. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Alleluia, glory to thee, O God. Alleluia, 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 glory to thee, O God.